1: Hi, good evening, and welcome to Things Worth Considering. We're a weekly talk show that presents ideas that will hopefully make you ponder and ideas that you may disagree with and things that are definitely worth considering. Uh, I'm Gord Riddell, your host, and I'm here with my lovely naturopathic doctor. i be going to go anywhere without her, uh, <laughs> Alexia Georgius, You never know when you're going to need a doctor.
2: Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm well, Gord. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. good. Getting punchy with this lockdown already. Yeah. Uh, um, so uh, we are live. Uh, you are more than welcome to give us a call. And our phone number is one 346 9141 that is toll free anywhere in North America. And uh, you just may want to talk with our great guest who is here uh, with us. If you're an international caller, your number is 001-480-553-5760. So we are welcoming um, tonight uh, Ravaz Mekvabishvili. I knew I would just trip all over it. How are you?
3: I'm doing great. Great, great to be great.
1: on the show. Thanks for the invite. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we're, we're thrilled to have you here. Um, so, Reves and his sister, uh, Miriam, who unfortunately can't be with us this evening, um, started off with a loose concept for a business. And uh, they started with a tiny book collection in a 300-square-foot space at the back of a used bookstore. And SLC small has gradually grown and is recognized as a central hub for the alternative community here in Toronto. Um, To this day, the business is owned and operated by Revez and Miriam alongside amazing additions over the years to their uh, alternate family, uh, a space where wellness is primary. The mission was to create a space with alternatives for how we indulge, consume, and connect with each other, a community living room where we can gather and come closer to like-minded individuals, a place where great uh, a great change has developed through the conversation and the coming together of minds. Um, a meeting place, a learning place, a sharing place, a dynamic business model taking us to the next level of human development. Wow, that's, that's quite the business model. <laughs> it really is. Um, so, tell us about t- businesses. I'm saying it collectively because it sounds like, like there's a whole lot of different parts and pieces to it.
3: There is. There's a lot of moving parts. Um, well, it we all started out with the shop. It's in uh, those from Toronto. It's, at, it's downtown at Bathurst and Blur Street. Okay. And it's part of the Annex community. And it started out being part of a bookstore. And it grew and more and more dimensions have been added to it. And now we got um, the holistic section with um, home accessories and fashion and crystals and, and uh, books. Bulk food is part of what we do as well. So oh, it's, it's okay. almost turning into like this one-stop shop, as we like to refer yeah. <laughs> it, where you can okay. pick up everything in this lifestyle that you're into. And uh, it's fascinating. We're blessed to have a large space. And okay. uh, over the years, it's been filled up with more and more things that we, we love to share and use ourselves. You know, and uh, I guess that's kind of how it all started.
2: Well, yeah. and Revas, I'm very curious how you and your sister ended up sort of deciding that this would and I don't know if you did, did it just morph on its own into alternative thinking or where did that sort of seed get planted in terms of attracting more of an alternative and very different view of the world, right?
3: Um, I guess I was always in existential awe as a kid as somebody that examines the world and you know is fascinated by life itself and this moment, so this was always really natural for me to develop my inner space, to question, to um, to pay attention, to to be fascinated by by being, being an observer, you know, being part of this human experience as we call it, and it's endlessly mesmerizing for me. So it, it there's a natural, organic feel to that, um, and I think it um, and and as I as I started exploring and exposing myself to the books that had models and had paradigms that I thought was I thought needed an outlet, suppose because um, I looked online or in the city, and there was a couple of there was a couple of shops, but not the collection that perhaps I was getting in my mind or I, I, I was diving into. So it was a sharing experiment, really. And um, coincidentally, it was a, it was the time that um, I, I bet you guys remember the, the Omega Center um, yes. was closed. Mm-hmm. And naturally, I, I think I opened up a few months later. And again, synchronistically, I think a lot of the clients just um, from from that shop referred and it was a word of mouth kind of uh, kind of connection. And then that just kind of brought their friends over. And it, we just turned into like the new hub with full of potential. I was young and didn't really have... Much experience or knowledge in 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 this type of uh, industry and lifestyle, um, so it was a for me. It was a it was a school. It was it was something that I was watching every day and learning how to start from scratch and kind of a naive sense of business because I uh, <laughs> I had more of a science background and more of the computers and
2: okay. And,
3: uh, so business was kind of hands off for me. So this was a. A small way for me to to experiment and figure out what it was all about, because um, I guess in growing up in the sciences, you realize how much of it is led by the commerce and led by the led by the business of the world, and where where that you know that dictates the voice and the direction and the, the capacity of how much things can be developed and explored. And um, I just think I, I thought an outlet for the stuff would be a fun experiment for myself. And I just wanted to delve and indulge and be surrounded as much as I could with all these alternative thinkers and thoughts. And I think I uh gathered two, three hundred books to uh to represent the sphere. And um and then the receptivity was immediate, you know, people loved it. There was that connection felt and uh You know that sense of like okay this is home this is a place where we can talk about these these things that are perhaps difficult or taboo or unconventional Mm -hmm. and not so comfortable to to or or not welcomed on other platforms so uh you know again and then alternative thinking was a was a name that um I guess it was the most kind of straight, direct way to approach this type of thing that, again, didn't feel too mystical or didn't feel too right. Right. quasi. Right. And, uh, kind of mainstream,
1: yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, but it's, it's a very, it's a, you're right, it, it sort of appeals to uh, just, it's very direct. It's like alternative thinking. It's a, just a an alternate way of thinking. And it doesn't have a sense of rejection in it in terms of, oh, this is, just the way it's it's just alternative and i love the the expression that you're saying that it was a a, an experiment of sharing i think that's very very cool like a a you know that you wanted to share and continue that sharing
3: i think that's where we all started you know i think that was one way for me to be surrounded uh full-time with whatever i i was interested in and i had school on the side and quickly my attention turned into this and this became my school and my experiment <laughs> and I created this environment where, uh, and we had workshops at some point, so I was, I was learning more than anything and being, you know, setting up the environment where people would, would come in and the products would come in and the energy would come in and the teachings and, and the books were there and um, as much as I could, I would just uh, surround myself and learn how to share as I grew. And as I developed my understanding of of what it means, I'm seeking for, and what is the mission, and what is my function, you know, and what's the what's the entity's function? And that took a while because we we like to start things with potential, and you come in and you thought, that, you know, okay, this this a lot of potential. We don't really we're not really clear on what this means and how we're going to go about doing things. But uh, so the raw energy of it, of it was appreciated, and I think. You know the the ineffable kind of unexpressed aspects were attractive and there was a certain resonance that people really enjoyed and and, um and it's been 11 years since then so a lot has happened congratulations a lot so now what about your sister i mean
1: was your sister running parallel to you thinking the same the same ideas and existential you know angst with the world
3: um, a little bit less, but I think it's more than my sister. I think it was the, the my family that was really supportive of me, and my sister is an accountant by by training, and she really loved the vibe as well. And early on, recognized that I just needed some help, you know. Right. I kind of stepped in and started enjoying it more and more, and making it, you know, making it part of who she is and what she enjoys as a, as outputting to the world and sharing more and more and uh more than a helper we we partnered up earlier on so this was kind of like how we all started and and oh we also complement each other you know because i was this you know more into this existential aspect of things and uh you know really kind of far out thinking so to speak and um she brought good perspective, could relate to more of the things because uh, we, we had kind of two different spheres of interest. And um, I think complementary and, and supportive environment was really beneficial for, for, for me to have these structures and have that perspective and have somebody to uh, run, these, run the feedback off of, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and it, and absolutely. It's very useful having an accountant.
3: finances, accounting. They have a very specific way
1: of thinking and it's a very important way of thinking.
3: What a miracle. I mean, I just look at it as being blessed again and just being so supported on this path. Yeah, that's
2: great. And and part of the, um, you know, in terms of your shop and also I'm curious about the learning that you have experienced around the energetics and also your own desire to expand your own consciousness and then how you're, sort of implementing that and bringing that into a practical way to run business, because often there can be a disconnect that many people have around spirituality or whatever you want to call it. And then something like money, which is also, you know, important and what Gord was saying around, yeah, the accounting is, is very important Mm -hmm. in terms of running something like this.
3: Yeah. Well, I guess my approach was scientific and my writing was scientific and more than spiritual, I think. I think I realized, and you know, I was studying physics and I was studying mathematics at York University, and and if you look deep enough into that stuff and look into the quantum world, it's it's closer to the mysticism that that we'd like to uh, we'd like to acknowledge. Absolutely, and, especially quantum. Yeah, and I mean that's <clears throat> that's where we get at now, and I I realized that that we're still uh, running in what I call the, the mechanical universe, the, the Newtonian physics, which is a bit outdated and we call it classical physics in science. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we all we all um, make use of it and we benefit from it. Yet, I think we, you know, a lot of the the world, science and otherwise, calls that the, you know, the predominant science rational kind of thought. And um, I just wanted to kind of extend extend past that and, you know, whether it be Better science and updated views of worldviews, which um, which have lots to offer, lots of beautiful perspective, and uh, really empowering in many ways, um, in terms of how relationships are formed and and how we understand ourselves and how we relate to the world outside. Um, so all that came about, and um, and I think I think in that in that time too in the in the, in the late 2000s. As you noticed, a lot of um, cross, cross-disciplinary cross um, books were coming out. So there, there are a lot of studies and scientists and doctors that were merging the, the spiritual with the science. And there's a lot of correlation that was going on. So there's a lot of integrative titles that were coming out. And, like, the you know, you could see the covers were uh, shinier and, like, there's the better <laughs> graphics and And there was that that wave and there's, you know, a lot of it kind of came out and then, you know, maybe leading up to the 2012 thing as we, as we noticed. So, um, I I think I just caught that wave and um, defaulted to being the outlet and and the central hub before I even knew it. And um, I was just uh, studying this. I was, I was more loose. It was, it it had more of that scientific uh, vibe of, okay, well, these are alternatives and you get to make up your own mind and try it out and see how you feel and fit it into your own world and you know as in as in these are just models and you can experiment and then over time we've developed an an ethos for the world and for for the shop and principles that we adhere by and things that we'd like to output and
0: Mm -hmm.
3: and um that feel right and uh on that path but it really started out with well, more of a neutral aspect of like, okay, we can explore and see how you feel about it and see how it fits in your vibe. And, Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, that was, that was the origin, I guess.
1: Okay. It can take on though, when you're running a business like that, it, it, um, like, I hear like, you want to put out, you want to like write or, or, you know, do however you're imagining that. But you know, what I find is is the business begins to have such a life of its own that it just becomes all consuming, you know, like the, the chance to go off and, you know, write something or, or take a course somewhere or whatever. is just like, I can't do that right now. You know, it's a very, very all consuming. That's my experience
3: anyways. I think that's probably yours. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. I often think I'm in a, in a bubble of myself, you know, in my own bubble and, And perhaps that was the reason of um, opening up the second space where community can be felt in my own way. So it has that two sides of it where I get to experience things that I love and share and find important, yet it's it's such a consuming and so much effort to maintain and set up this foundation where it all, you know, it all works and the systems that kind of yeah, all the, systems, <laughs> the systems, <laughs> the inventory uh, systems and the ordering yeah, and the purchasing. On, and yeah. On and on, for yeah. sure. It so, sounds like uh, a very
1: boring aspect of you know, uh, the spiritual business and the existential angst that uh, it, it by itself creates its own existentialist angst, um, just setting up all these uh, systems and so on. What I, what I really appreciate is the what I get to say is you're your interested in people. And, you know, a lot of people have an idea and can become incredibly perfect, uh, protectionistic. It's mine, you know, and nobody else, we're not going to show it. We're not going to really share it and so on. But if you don't, you're dead in the water after a while. You know, it really is just so important to be able to put it out there and, and reach it out, you know, and bring, bring people in.
3: Yeah, funny enough, I'm more a systems guy. So I do get excited about systems. I do get excited about how things get communicated, how things flow. Um, you okay. know, in the inf- information age, and and I think our communication efforts is, is our is our barrier, kind of, and how how we how we get along and how we function as a tribe and how we relate to each other. I think the wording, the the again, language is uh, big
1: for you. I read yeah. It. Language. Yeah. I
3: think that's what systems and information that, yeah. you know, it's made out oh, it? Of is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, we're going to go to another language here for two minutes and we will come right back because I want to pick up on that part about language and our communication. Sure thing. We'll be right back in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America.
0: Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories, it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas, and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you, too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next.
3: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: To Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Alexia Georgusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering.
1: Hi, welcome back. Uh, we're here with uh, Ravaz, the owner of Alternative Thinking in downtown Toronto. Uh, multifaceted business, and uh, we're pleased to have him here. So, we were just starting to talk a little bit about, um, you know, sort of I brought up about the whole idea of being, you know, very protectionistic and about, you know, sharing. Because it's kind of like, the, you know, when you, you know, sort of envelop something and like just as it's mine, you, it's almost like you rob it of its energy. You know, the more people that are around, they're feeding into your ideas and, you know, and into that energy. Uh, and And to, you know, try and think that, you know, you, you're the only person who ever thought this up is not how the universe works. Um, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> the guy down the street's probably developing it as well. You know, um, like so, so. uh, Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, that's. I think that's really where we're we're heading back to because that's where you know. That's where so, sort of the sociology of humans. That's where we came from. Was when we became very collective. You know, somewhere or other, we had to outrun those dinosaurs. Uh, so we had the distractors and we had the ones who were runners and the ones who were grabbing food for us along the way. You know, uh, that's the only way. We're not that smart. We're certainly not that strong. Um, but collectively, we we survived. You know, we're still around. Can we continue to survive? Well, that's an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, so, I really like the idea of you being uh, um, uh, synchronistic, you know, like, you know, you, you know that your systems, your sister does accounting and other probably parts of that system, you know, all of that is just really, really crucial. Synchronicity goes a long way.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think when, when you are saying that the ownership part, I guess the systems approach, brought me to this philosophy or this approach of a non-personal experience and life being a a function and we're just part of this big evolution and, you know, maybe that quote that you heard in a movie called Atlas where our life is not our own, we're bound to all these things and Mm -hmm. everything is really interconnected in more ways than we understand. So
1: um,
3: I think that, you know, that's where purpose comes in and our function and how we understand ourselves and how we want to be of service, So, you know, so to speak, and it could be a heavy heady kind of approach and it could be kind of cold, but I don't really look at it that way and I think it's easy to get out of your own way and allow and recognize the synchronicities and see Please, the bigger powers. Please do tell us. And, <laughs> hey. you, know, go, go, you know, get out of the... Uh, a
1: lot of people have a sense. lot of difficulty getting out of their own way. You know, yeah. we're our own worst enemies. Yeah.
2: Well, so we're vast, Well, what what is it that... Well, there's two questions I actually have. So yeah. one is going back to this aspect of communication and uh, languages that you know it, you you have mentioned that this is the impact on consciousness and our evolution um, how, how systems are involved and and there is a, a shift that's happening that we we see the, the old systems just like the old science no longer aligns with how we are emerging. But what would you like to see in terms of, like, how you're creating alternative thinking in terms of the business model, and what you're seeing is what's needed. I guess that if that makes sense. It's kind of a long-winded question.
3: Yeah, totally. But I think I get a good answer for that, or it's, <laughs> at least somewhat. It's clear in my head, and the way language has to is the central theme. Is the technology of words. And the technology that we share, that we use to set up these systems, to communicate with each other, to understand ourselves, to share philosophies. I mean, these, these are all made of syllables. And I think the my area of study has been the the, the linguistic phenomena as, as the human as part of the human evolution and and its effect on consciousness and how it shaped us and what it means to have this grandiose tool. Because I think it's over overlooked at times and we'd be like, okay, technology means you know computers and all these things. But I really, really feel that communication and how the the linguistic aspect of things is really is really underappreciated. And it's it's more it's made out of I, I you know, I think consciousness is synonymous with information in a lot of times. And you kind of need that feedback or a little bit of a a, a loop to to have some sort of reflection and perspective, so I think uh, a sense of self, uh, getting to know, you know, uh, everything around you, what we call the outer world, is is mediated through language. I think we recognize, we categorize, and uh, we we we, I guess, label, and we use these words to. To uh create these maps for what we think is out there, what we think is in here, and what, what we think is happening actually. And I think part of the mission is to decrease the ambiguity in our in our in our communication and really focus on how we say it and what we say, and perhaps get to an evolutionary point in, in human existence where we can go past these words. And um and I think I think we're we're you know, technologically and, you know, with the, with the advent of computers and this, uh, you know, the 3D holographic things that are upon up us, I think it's imminent in the sense that we, I think we're going to learn how to um, map or reference yourself in multi, multi-D. And that's what holograms represent. Uh, currently, you open up a notepad, you kind of do the same thing, you know, kind of, kind of that linear thinking, so to speak. And I think the, the medium is, is a big part of it. And the medium are these words. And um, I mean, I can go in depth of it, but I think it's, you know, uh, when you look at the human evolution, it's been 30, 40,000 years that we have this technology and it's so much for us, but I think it's also getting in the way or if we, if we don't pay attention to it and if we don't focus on how we communicate, I think. I, I in a, in a, if you want to operate in a coherent factor if you want to get along I think that's where it's at. We got to step out of our ways to be able to express our minds and express our thoughts much deeper, much much faster, much yeah. with 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 more accuracy. And I think I think language has that component in it. I mean, we don't speak the same way we spoke hundreds of years ago, you know, we're more direct. We've learned these things, we have these critical thinking stuff and things that assist in getting the signal across. And maybe you see what I see, but we we still, I, st- I still don't see how you receive these things. And I feel there's a lot of ambiguity on how we share and how we relate to each other. And I think, I think the linguistic aspect of, of consciousness is, is where it's at. And I think that needs attention. That needs development. Um, So I, I, I kind th- of, that's my fascination really. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think that, I mean, you're making a good point, but my argument with that point would be until we can speak directly to ourselves internally. Like we have two dialogues going on. We have one that we present publicly, which, you know, can be direct and so on, but then we have this other language that we speak to ourselves. You know, so if there's ambiguity and confusion sometimes between two people, it's because at least one of those people has that ambiguity and confusion on inside of them
3: well also you know when we talk about spirituality it's it's developing that spiritual language when we talk about consciousness is developing how to reference yourself and have that inner dialogue perhaps in a more comprehensive way way, in a way that you can relate to yourself a little more so how do we? know it's not
1: critical (laughs) i guess i'm really referring to that whole critical element that so many people carry you know yeah. the, that critical voice that you know uh who do you think you are the the uh you know the imposter syndrome language uh I think really gets in the way there
3: sure, I think all these things are examined, and I think all these things are are uh again part of the dialogue like you said, so the the inner voice is is as much as affected as w- with the linguistics as much as how we communicate so yeah. I think. i I think both of those things are totally valid and then beyond that you know some of us operate in you know in in visual you know you see visual things and you see visual models sometimes and kind of transcribe that into word by word and sometimes it's hard to do that and yeah might be easier for me to show it to you at some point and i would love to be able to live in the future where we can we can get along and and be more accurate in how Mm -hmm. we understand ourselves and how we how we externalize our, our inner, inner worlds because I'm sure we're you know, rich and we operate more ways than, than this analog medium um, is able to provide for us. Right,
2: right. so cool. you're, in terms of the uh, alternative thinking, and I know that with the pandemic, you haven't been able to have events in the sort of conscious collective space that you have. Yes. And is that, is that what's, because you, you have also a radio station is that correct? The Alter Eight Radio. Oh, that's that- that's,
3: that's mostly for music. That's okay. mostly for music because we play a lot of music, and it's a big part of you know. All culture is driven by music and inspired. Yes, and very so much was, so. So was my journey, um, and the psychedelic music was a really big part that threw me into these these headspaces. The exposed me to, expose me to this lifestyle, got me the question, and there's a lot of you know a lot of um, there's a lot of work by psychonauts in the seventies that I really, resonate with and, and, um, and embrace. And the aesthetic is, is also kind of inspired by that and, and what we do. And right. uh, it permeates throughout everything. And I think, uh, just by popular demand, people come in and like, okay, what is this music? Cause it's yeah. a little different than, you know, the, the new age spiritual music. Yeah. Mm. And, um, and it's also leading edge. It's also been innovated as we speak. It's it's not too late. It's not too it's not too old. And um, I guess I just out of popular demand, we just created we just created a, a SoundCloud channel where you can tune in and uh, just have that vibration.
2: Yeah, that's that's great about the vibration aspect because your your idea of the business model when you think of it, what you're creating, you want it to be dynamic. That's my sense of what's there. Is that and you've mentioned that even that this is something that. This leads towards, again, connection and also how we can communicate with each other in a better way because not everybody responds to language the same way or linguistics or whatever it is, numbers, images. So with alternative thinking, is that what you're seeing in terms of business model that you think will be something that we need in the future or we need now?
3: I think, yes, more and more, and why I talk about information and why I talk about these informa- interfaces and why it sounds so scientific, because I think we are in the age of information and I don't think we value the quality of our communications as much as perhaps physical standards. So, you, you know, you see all these ads that are not worth much, you know, they try to get in your face, but they have a very, you know, really low quality of, of, of how it relates to you. And I think in the age of transparency, is at the same time, I would love a way for you to come to the shop and see beyond the branding and beyond what's on the label of the products to be connect to connect um, and to understand and make it make a better conscious choice of how are you exchanging, how are you interacting, and what are you really trading, and what are you um, really kind of, I guess, exchanging with. You know, right. and um, I think a lot of us are um, are curious and feel a little limitation. Where you know, when you're in the shop and you're trying to you're trying to pick up these this information just from the marketing on the label, and sometimes you don't really you don't really understand where the stuff's coming from, or you have these values that you'd like to match with a company and who you did deal business with. So I, I guess you know we call it the the art of exchange or the you know, it'd be, it'd be amazing if we could, if we could um, have more information available for you to connect to who you're making business with and um, make more empowered connections and mm-hmm. go past this. Um, you, know, I, you know, what really inspired this vision was the notion that, you know, the retail sometimes feels really one way, as in you're selling something to somebody and it's an exchange of money um, and we just, we just receive the money over the counter. And it uh, feels very anonymous and it feels like we, we can do much better if we are to understand or get into the practice of figuring out how we can mutually benefit each other. Uh, we need better interfaces and we, we, we need the ability to, um, to I guess, correlate and exchange information in ways that we can explore these options. So, you know, there's a bunch of people that come into the shop and we, we don't, we don't really make use of our ways to engage and we're limited because mm. we don't, we don't have that time to blurb and, you know, you know, exactly yeah. figure this out and it it's feels very, very anonymous.
1: Yeah. It's very hit and run, you know, I mean, you only have like about 90 seconds in order to grab someone's attention. And even then it's probably like more like 10 for some people uh, seconds, you know?
3: So it'd be cool if there was interfaces yeah. that was past just this, you know, leave your money here, we might get their customer information, but we'd like to explore ways that can get along, we can collaborate together. There's numerous ways to, for us to explore mutual beneficial scenarios. And I think that's where information age is leading to. And I would, I would I'm very to-
2: curious about that. Can you give me an example? Because I'm trying to understand another interface that would be, let's say somebody comes into the shop, yeah. and it's not the typical exchange. Can you just give me some kind of example of what Well another way to interface would be Well, we are
3: limited in business in so many ways and we try to outsource or try to figure out who can help us in marketing or who can be this product expertise and who can be the you know who, who who we can grow with and collaborate with and develop relationships with. And a lot of our customers have the lead that lifestyle and without them leaving a business card behind, we'll never know. You know a lot of these people are in the field and are we just we just fail to explore those those options, whether it mm. be whether it be photographers, whether it be influencers, whether it be people that you know they, they craft their own things or they have potentially really useful things to contribute. But right. if we don't have that information exchange to become aware of ways we can benefit each other, I then see. it just turns into an anonymous transaction yeah. and uh, we'd love to bring commerce into a field where it is it is more open it is more of an exchange rather than me trying to sell you something so you know the, the, the traditional sales tactics are not that inspiring you know we're not trying to upsell you mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out how to benefit each other and that's the way i kind of look at it
2: that's great it really is around the uh connection aspect and i think I'm not sure if it's your if you have a current logo of the spider web. Is it something to do with a spider or web that you've got? Do uh, well, you we got that?
3: these we got these bugs that kind of hang around the shop and, right. and uh, <laughs> do different things. But our logo is an eye. It's an eye with two oh, dots on the eye. top and, the, and top and the bottom, and it's, in, okay. it's inspired by the information symbol. And it extends the information symbol as as I'm getting more into it, and as you're kind of getting the the lowdown on how it's related. So yeah. um, that was really that symbol um, was was inspired by this notion that we we have to extend our our ways of communicating when how we share information because the tool the the language itself has shaped us and and there's a you know a big area of, there's a big part of our brain currently as as humans in our evolution that's that took place really fast for you know the the language part and the mm-hmm. language center so. Mm-hmm. Again it's, a, it's perfect uh, it's a perfect example of the tool shaping us and uh, I'd, I'd like to bring more awareness to that because I think you know we, we'd say the mediums, Facebook and computers and all these things but I, I do feel that the biggest tool that we have are these words and the inception of them has brought us this far and allowed us to examine and dive deeper into all these things and become become aware and how do you become aware of things without language without perception. I mean mm-hmm. you need some sort of a feedback, you know, from to, all of uh, these points away.
1: We have yeah. to feed back into uh our commercial people. Uh <laughs> we're at the end of this segment. And we will be back in two minutes. You're listening to things worth considering.
2: America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa,
1: play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn.
0: Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories, it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself
1: Listening to
0: Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Alexia Georgusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering.
1: And we could also hear from you if you'd like to give us a call, toll free, anywhere in North America, 1 888 346 9141. And uh, we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to add to this conversation. Internationally, 001-480-553-5760. Hopefully you have a pen that was on hand. So (laughs) let us get back to our guest here, uh, Reves. Um, Where you're located, you're you're at risk of losing this space, are you not? Is that not where that huge, huge uh, uh, development is going in from – Honest Eds?
3: That's right. Yeah, it's all okay. around us.
1: So yeah. how, how, have you, how have you been able to be saved in the,
3: <laughs> in the middle? Well, we got lucky. And again, setting up a bubble that I was involved in. And funny enough, you know, there's that narrative that went around that we were non-complicit and we we're kind of standing up and whatnot. But we just got lucky in the fact that we are the only, we found out to be that we were the only privately owned establishment in Mervish village. So apparently the whole Mervish village was owned by the Mervish uh corporation.
1: Yeah.
3: And everybody all the businesses in there were renting. And for okay. some funny for for some funny way, for some funny funny kind of uh, storyline and again sickness city, um we just decided with a landlord who was really supportive uh, and we do have a long-term vision to stay, to stay. So it wasn't, it wasn't that much of a battle or uh, that type of feeling of, you know, we have to kind of stand up for ourselves and whatnot. It, it was really an agreement and it was something that we felt we had a really special thing going on and we loved the location because, you know, um, the landlord and me and the community feel that, that. The, the attics and the bath is simpler is our nexus of the universe, so to speak. So it, 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 uh, there's no better place that we could, we could ask to be. So we just yeah. uh, we felt like going on a journey. It's been, it's been pretty rough the last year or two in terms of the sidewalk construction and when they uh-huh. have kind of oh. the stuff and it'd be pretty rough for a couple of years. But, you know, I think perseverance is a, is a great attribute of, of, um, how businesses sustained and, and, and the characteristic that I found was probably the, uh, the you know, the biggest one that kind of got me through her uh, past these experiments, past the failures and past the, okay, are we, are you know, is this really making any sense? And let's just get <laughs> on the other side and just just yeah. get there.
1: We were in know? there for a little while. We were in Mervish Village for a little while. Okay. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. For a couple of years. Yeah, okay. uh, we moved out of a, a, a very large space further down in the uh, what's now called the entertainment district. Uh, they were old. We we're just at the start of the conversion of going from uh, garments over to large entertainment spaces kind of thing. So anyway, we we're a little bit ahead and the space was a little bit too big. So looking back, what would you do differently starting your business?
3: What would I do differently? Yeah. Wow, good question. I'm not sure. I'm not too sure. It, it is an unfolding process, and it is a life of its own that I just – But if you were the,
1: teaching somebody, if you're teaching a course, though, as an entrepreneur
3: – Yes.
1: Uh, – about helping, uh, creating space for people to connect and, and so on, what, what would you tell your, your students? What's your, what's your wisdom here on, on starting up?
3: Well, I talked about perseverance, which is, which is good – you know, you just have to at some point, find that that um, that the ability to to get on the other side and see it come through or just hold on to it, you know, and then there's that stubborn mechanism. And you know if there's that if there's an aspect of you that's stubborn. that's a really good way to make use of it and until it's explained. Well, wait a sec, is isn't
2: isn't there a difference between being stubborn, stubborn and determined? Because Definitely. sometimes stubbornness Definitely. can be a problem, right?
3: Definitely, for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: but Definitely. I get it. It's kind of like, why yeah, are you doing? I get this? it too. Why are you doing yeah. this? Because someone said I couldn't.
3: <laughs> and that's the big part. I think. I think what really drove me per se was was um, was the you know everybody, I guess, around me. Some close ones, even though they were very supportive, they were. They didn't understand what I was doing because I I didn't understand what I was doing. So there was a lot of uh, pessimism <laughs> per se, and yep. you know sometimes i will get it from the the, the people that come in and be like, okay, another one of those metaphysical shops. These usually don't work out, and like I think those those sentiments really drove me into be like, okay, I get it. Like this hasn't worked. I had I just have to try sure. something. I just have to extend my efforts and my ability further than anybody else. So and, you
1: started in two thousand and eight. Yes.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Now go back 20 years to yeah. 1988. And that's when I started. <laughs> so imagine in those 20 years, the shift that happened, you know, I mean, I was just running into walls, you know? Yes. Oh, really? A, a, a school yes. Based I on edu- spiritual education. Hmm. Good luck for that. You know, I mean, hey. there was just no, there was no, not even fa- family support. They were like, what the hell are you doing? You know?
3: Yeah, I got a lot of that. I got a lot of like, oh, you're just wasting money. You're just wasting time. You're just wasting away all the opportunities. And I could have, you know, defaulted into that. And to this day, we can, you know, I can still make up that story and get power to that narrative and be like, okay, well, it didn't work out. Then it was just like a big waste. but. I guess it's how we empower ourselves and, and the story that we choose to tell and, and how we learn in, in general. So, again, focus on the right thing. and just Well, it,
2: it sounds like, Ravaz, there's something that is very deeply connected for you to do this. Like something yeah. is, is driving you, especially if you said, you know, I don't really have clarity of what's going on, but it's something keeps keeping you in there.
3: Well, I think if it wasn't so natural to me, it would be even harder. And even though the, the, the paving this this way was pretty difficult and, you know, a lot of sacrifices and all that stuff, but the reward was really worth it, in my opinion. I think I th- if it wasn't so natural to me, if I didn't have such a big calling, it would be really difficult. It would be really easy to, to um, put it away at some point and be like, okay, you yeah. know, I've learned, I've learned. But um, I guess I guess my story begins with starting with life with, starting life with, um, again, this fascination with, with being in general. like I'm endlessly fascinated with being alive. Um, so for me, just it's just uh, this is, this is all I know to be myself. And mm-hmm. um, it's such a natural extension to who, who I am and the things that I value and just that, deep curiosity to explore that uh, somehow I just kind of made a business out of it, you know, along the way and that's kind of how I look at it, otherwise I'll be be kind of like probably exploring the same things and having the same headspace, but I, 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 I felt that the the, again, the feedback from the customers, from from those that have been here before would be even more educational mm-hmm. for me. And uh, that was the idea of the business. I'm like, okay, well, let's let's get these books out and explore what the psyche means and get some feedback and see what people buy and see what people appreciate and what they have to say. Um, so in, in a real, real sense, right? So it's, and,
2: a, it's a different type of social experiment on some yes. level. Yes. But it's also… It, it you know, we, it sounds like as well that you, you know, you were kind of cut out to be more of an entrepreneur and and self employed rather than working for someone. And may, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's that's the sense because it cr- requires so much creativity and persistence, like you were saying, just like with Gord starting TAC with with Gord with you doing that thirty some years ago. There, there, <laughs> like laugh. it's 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 amazing, right? There's something that is. That it's is like I oh, the 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 uh, I want to say the endurance. Yes, it's the endu- the ability to not endure suffering, but basically to stick with it, to stay on the path, whatever, however it ends up shifting.
1: Yeah, I think that you know um, uh, not you know when I think of endurance, I think of a long distance runner, you know, yeah. like you're running yeah. a marathon, and there are those that are like, oh my god, huh huh get to the end. And I can see it. It's coming up again to the end. there is no end. There's no end. So the, so you know the endurance is until you know I'm like ready to fly out of here. I don't know what the finish line looks like. And I, I think that's that. sort of the difference.
3: I always looked at it as the opportunity and how much opportunity Absolutely. that's kind of how, that's kind of how I almost quantified you know the 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 quality of what I'm doing and and the reward of it. And it's like the more opportunity I have, and that was my opportunity came from the fact of having time to explore my inner self and relate to others that are on the same path and develop the relationships and spend as much time as I I wanted in my own way to...
1: Doing your own thing. I mean, to me, I just feel so blessed. I mean, just totally blessed. Yeah. It's not without mountains. And without tragedy, without this, without that, you know, it's still a place of blessing. You know,
3: yeah. it really is. Yeah, I guess it's an opportunity. And this was a platform for me to embrace the, the mystery of it all in, in my own way. And to have, the, to have that chance to experience it in the depths that I could. And uh, this was, again, another platform for me to face and interface with myself and, in a really genuine way and things that I chose interesting and uh, funny enough it works you know the people have really dig the aesthetic and people really dig the you know for for some strange reason the taste is appreciated and I just love being part of the environment so I got lucky mm. in that sense that there's there are those and there's a need and you know other people are not really doing it in the community
2: have you found or, that with the pandemic have, has there been an increase in interest around You know things like the sound bowls, or you know the crystals, or other things that you're selling. Because I know that you also ethically source a lot of your um, material as much as you can. But is that has there been an increase in in terms of the pandemic?
3: More and more, more and more. And Mm -hmm. I get um, it's hard for me to test these things because you know new people come in all the time and they're like, wow, Right. right? (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, you know, people in, on the outside, they see the, you know, spirituality perhaps accelerating more and transferring over to the mainstream conversation. So I think it's becoming more common for people to use this vocabulary or refer, refer to them themselves or have a ceremonial aspect and engage in the grander mystery in why, one way or another. So I am seeing it you know, through shows or some things that I glance. And I again right. I, I, I am in a bubble. It's but also branching. What, 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 wanna, yes. It's yes. also
1: branching. I mean, this isn't just a singular line here. This is like yes. you know, it's bigger and bigger and so the language is being used in in more and more different places.
3: You know? I think so. Yeah. That's
1: my that's my observation anyways. Yeah. You
3: know? Yeah. And that's what that's what I've been told too. So I'm I'm getting the feedback that yes, this is reverberating. Right. Um, oh yeah. Further and further, and I yeah. think it's it's getting picked up, and I think it only makes sense because again, positioning yourself as having viable alternatives. I mean, we can only we can only default in our ways so far until we we get curious about doing things in a different way, and mm-hmm. that's where that's where it makes sense, where you can explore Absolutely. the alternative and see if it's better. You know, yeah. examine, make up your mind, and uh, tune in. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Well, I'd really like to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, it was great talking to you. Uh, hopefully we can do it again. It was just a nice dialogue.
3: Of, uh, I think it was. I think it was. And I heard so much. And again, a lot of our customers and a lot of our staff have been alumni and spoke highly of the of the school. So this was really interesting to kind of oh, connect
2: in, the, that's, in great. That's, that's great. That's great. Thanks for so, us.
1: Yeah, I, I really appreciate it. Um, I just want to uh, remind people of uh, next week uh, that will be on January the 21st. Uh, we have a uh, a couple who are coming, and they've written a book called "Redefining Normal." It's how two foster kids beat the odds and discovered healing, happiness, and love. And this is Justin and Alexis Black. Uh, it's a true story. They were two foster kids who met, but the trauma that they both had come through was was going to threaten their relationship. Uh, a lot of it as a result of the foster care system. So. They learned to do something about it and they have a very strong relationship uh, today and they've written this great book. So I'm really fascinated to talk to them next week about redefining normal. It's uh, we need to do that anytime. Uh, you want to check out our host page at uh, voiceamerica.com. Things worth considering. Uh, you can check out what shows are coming up and our archive email is at info at uh, SpearCrows.ca. Uh, our, Compassion Energy Circle resumes tomorrow night at Transformational Arts. It is on Zoom, of course, and it's every Friday night. It's free. It's open to all. Uh, the uh, number, the meeting number. Grab your pen. Eight eight zero three seven nine three eight six. The password is three one four seven zero three. Or go to transformationalarts.ca and you'll be able to get those numbers. But it is open to all. And it's meditation, a little bit of chat, and some healing work done with energy. So hopefully you can join us. Otherwise, have a great week. Stay safe. Uh, don't let this craziness get to you. It's just a test. And we're going <laughs> to <That's> win. <right.
2: laughs> Good night, everyone. Thank you.
0: for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.